Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, May 16th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and I've got my guy, Ramiz, as we are taking on the start of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Western Conference Finals, a rehash of the 2020 bubble. The final four are the exact same, which I'm not happy about because obviously Philly disappointed me to no end starting from the last couple of minutes of Game 6 and leading into an absolute ass-whooping in Game 7. So, you know, as much as uh, as much as I would have liked Harden to continue, Embiid, Harden, both of them just just did not have a good game. You know it was going to be hard to win three games out of four in Boston, so they really had to close out in six, and for them to not do that there, just left the door open, and Boston, with all their experience, absolutely took it. So they get to move on now and take on the Miami Heat, who have been absolutely impressive so far in the playoffs over there and getting a resurgence of Kyle Lowry to be able to go ahead and support uh, Jimmy Butler and even Bam has finally started to get things going. So I think that could be a pretty interesting series. We're going to have to see what that actually means. As I said, the bubble rematch, Boston obviously wants you know, a little bit more revenge. They got a little bit of it last year when they went to the conference finals against the same Miami Heat team. So it's a rematch that we're seeing on that side while the Nuggets – taking out the Phoenix Suns in six games, come in against a supremely confident Lakers team, I guess, to this day. They took out their biggest rivals in the Warriors in six games in pretty overall dominant fashion, I'd say. So, yeah, lots to look forward to over there. But, Ramiz, I know you're a bit down from uh, sickness, whatever is going on, but how up are you for these two matchups that are coming up now for the Conference Finals? Honestly, with with Lakers, that I think it's going to be fire heat, hopefully, uh, as long as everyone remains healthy, especially AD, because he's always questionable, especially because of that concussion he had in recent games. Mm. Uh, but Miami, Boston, I'm a bit afraid that hopefully Miami can keep up with the three-point shooting that Boston's going to fire with because it's insane. And it, and it's, especially without Tyler Harrell, you're missing like, mm. what, 20 points per game. So, uh, I mean, I hope Jimmy Butler can do his thing like the, like he did in the first round and maybe go back to that stage because he wasn't really trying against the Knicks. Uh, but other than that, I think this is going to be a really great conference finals. Yeah, should be exciting. We'll see what that leads into. But as far as DFS itself is concerned, and we are getting a couple of interesting ways to be able to go ahead and tackle this. There's, of course, the one-game showdown that's going to be dealing with the Lakers-Denver game, which takes off tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. While we're also going to focus on the two-game slate, that's going to include not only that uh, Lakers-Denver game, but also the first Miami-Boston game, which starts on Wednesday at 8.30. So, again, injury statuses, all of that stuff will get updated as each game gets closer to tip-off itself. But even in the two-game slates, leave yourself a little bit of room to perhaps make those adjustments. Remember, those swaps are always in place for uh, guys that are playing on that second night and see if something happens to work out if someone is potentially questionable. Maybe your uh, guard forward and utility positions are the ones that you end up focusing a little bit more on the second half of the slate to give you a bit more, I won't say, uh, versatility in the lineup that you want to be able to put out there. But we'll tackle both of them. And just before we do, as always, want to remind you guys, no matter how close we're getting to the end of the season, sportsethos.com is the place you want to go. Get yourself subscribed to that DFS pass, not only for all the amazing NBA content that's been ongoing, including uh, the DFS deliveries that come out right before every slate as well. The ongoing access to our Discord where you can ask the pros 
But even beyond NBA, if you're into MLB, if you're into soccer, other sports as well, there are so many amazing pros that we have that are absolutely killing it in a place that isn't often a little underserved as far as DFS is concerned. So definitely get yourself subscribed and get yourself the best content there. But let's jump right into the first game of the slate. We'll start with the showdown side of things, but as far as the Lakers and Denver game is concerned, we are looking at a 222 total for this one. You know, the Nuggets hosting the Lakers at home, being favored to win by six, which, you know, seems kind of fair given, one, how well the Nuggets have been playing, especially at home, but also just how dominant they've been up against a couple of teams here. So, you now an interesting matchup over here. It's ever hard to bet against LeBron, but as far as injuries themselves are concerned, even though technically Davis, LeBron, and Jamal Murray are listed questionable, I would just die if any of them actually not play. I would be supremely, supremely surprised if that happened. So we'll obviously keep an eye out closer to tip-off. And again, that's where that uh, DFS pass comes into play. But man, it, it looks pretty good over here. So let's talk about the showdown slate itself, which is that one game one, of course, being determined very heavily by who you decide to go with as your MVP for that 2x DK points night. And who, Ramiz, I'll start with you thinking is going to be your MVP. Uh, well, of course, the captain, I gotta go with Jokic, uh, like you mentioned. He's just gonna, I mean, the 1.5 counter just changes how you basically pick because, uh, of course, like, in the two games that we're eventually gonna talk about, I got, I went with a different approach, but 1.5, especially with Jokic, impacting almost every metric of basketball, I think you've gotta go with Jokic. Uh, in terms of his other players, it, it, once you go with Jokic, you kind of like <laughs> gotta go for those other role players. So I, I did end up still going for Jamal Murray, uh, I believe uh, 9,200. Uh, he, he's going to be great, I believe, especially at home games. He always ends up uh, showing up. Mm-hmm. Especially just watching games, you can just tell he usually is a main guy. I feel like sometimes he even has the ball more than Jokic. And just that pick and roll that they're going to use on 80, like not like 10 out of 10 times during each, each game, like, you're going to see that play a lot more than usual. And then uh, I also have Bruce Brown, 5,200. I think he's going to thrive in uh, in this environment. He's had an amazing series against the Suns, just doing exactly what he's, it's needed of him, uh, making cuts, uh, hitting occasionally a corner three, and just getting you a few rebounds, a few assists, making hustle plays. So I'm, I'm Bruce Brown's kind of a pick where you know he's going to play a bunch of minutes and you're able to get that value from him. And then I also got uh, MPJ at uh, 7,000. Uh, of course, he does have a bit of a different game when he usually plays at home, but uh, he had a couple of good. He had a great game five against the Phoenix Suns, and I'm hoping he can replicate that at a certain level. Uh, of course, you, this is game one, so you really don't know what type of lineup you're going to see. So perhaps maybe if he's if his three point shot is hitting, you're going to definitely see a lot more minutes of him. Uh, but there is a scenario where he is exploited on defense against the 80 against the LeBron, and perhaps he, they just shove Bruce Brown at, at the three right away. Uh, so that is the risky pick, but he's a high upside pick as well. And then, of course, I got some Lakers in Lonnie Walker, third, and then a shoulder at 4,600 and 4,200 for Lonnie Walker. And these are a couple of players who, then uh, a shoulder especially, I think he's going to be key in the series because he was a guy who was used a lot in that series. I think he ended up starting for them in the last few games because he was the main primary defender for Steph Curry because of the pick and rolls, the handoffs and stuff. And, of course, Jamal Murray doesn't replicate what Steph Curry does. 
But the main like pick and roll game is used a lot in Denver's offense. And I don't know if you want to use DeAndre Russell in that rep because he might be switched on to a Jokic or so I think when it comes down to Dennis Short, he's going to get a lot more minutes in that sense because he can maybe probably uh, limit Jamal Murray's offensive game hmm. to a level, obviously, because Jamal Murray is great as an NBA offensive player. But, uh, and then also Lonnie Walker the third. He's kind of a, a filler for me because, uh, like I said, game one, you don't know who's going to be able to hit their shots, especially in Denver. We, we know about the altitude and such. So I think Lonnie Walker at 4,200, hopefully he has a great game and provides a strong uh, spark off the bench. I love it. I mean, lots of lots of great points over there. As you said, it kind of starts with the MVP or the you know, the captain, whatever you want to put it. After the 1.5, it's just. I mean, there was a lot of combinations that I was looking at, but you know, as much as I would love to be able to consistently shove in Jokic, which I will as my captain in a lot of positions, I actually do find myself, you know, getting lineups that I feel happier with, in which Jamal Murray is my captain. Uh, one, Ooh. it's one of those situations where one, his price tag is pretty much perfect as far as the GPP side of things are concerned because when I get him in, I'm able to be able to fit in either a LeBron or an Anthony Davis to go alongside him depending on <clears throat> how my lineups are working out. So even though the ones where Jamal is my captain, I may end up fading a Jokic. I'm just thinking of a perspective of, you know, overall DK points that go with it because as you mentioned, you know, Bruce Brown to me is absolutely a pick that I'm taking pretty much all the time for his 5,200, but it's that kind of... I want to say three out of the four that I'm really thinking between Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, MPJ, and Aaron Gordon, they're all very much in that same kind of price tag. And, you know, the ones that I always feel like from a GPP perspective always give you a little bit more upside. MPJ absolutely is at the front of that just because we've seen what he's done in the Phoenix series and in in general as this uh, playoff has gone on. He's probably had in each series at least two games in which he's absolutely gone off. And then he'll have, uh, you know, some of those... Uh, more sedate games to go alongside it. So it's it's the risk that comes with it, but for his price tag, I think he has the greatest upside of the bunch, while I think the safest pick of the four is going to be Austin Reeves, who's just continued to be a guy that <clears throat> the Lakers rely on in so many different actions. And even if he's not necessarily racking up you know, 20 points uh, as he was in about you know, it's a half that Golden State series, uh, he's always on there to be able to get you kind of the rest of the ancillary stats to go with it. And he's playing anywhere between 30 to 39 minutes, depending on what's kind of needed from the team. So it's uh, it's probably more of a cash play on that side, but it's just how it ends up working. So I'm right there with you on that. I'll probably end up finding myself going a little bit more heavy on the Denver side, just because I think the price tags are kind of uh, working in my favor as far as that is concerned. And much of that is leading into when we talk about the two games late as well, where a lot of those price tags are pretty replicable from what we're seeing on the showdown slate. But you know, the Denver ones actually have uh, some even more kind of interesting prices where it gets a little bit cheaper, so you're able to go ahead and fit uh, a couple more of those guys in. So <clears throat> definitely uh, definitely in play there, and we'll have to see how that ends up working out. But, yeah, that captain is the most important, and I think if you're not going with Jokic, uh, I'm probably not going to go with one of AD or LeBron just because how, uh, one, certain matchups work out, two, their price tags being pretty much at Jokic level. I'd rather just go up and take Jokic, who I think is definitely going to do better from a raw DK points perspective, and that's where you can kind of uh, be contrarian taking Jamal Murray. So that's there. But let's talk about the same thing, but moving into the uh, two-game slate side of things, right? So not necessarily about the about uh, who you've obviously agreed with, but I'll just kind of talk from a higher-level perspective. You, we talked about the price tags that are there. Anyone who kind of jumps out to you from a you know, 
from a price tag differential standpoint, kind of looking at the uh, Lakers-Denver, is there anyone else you may be specifically targeting on that side because they're cheaper, anything of that sort? Uh, so in the in the two-game state? Yeah, that that's right. Uh, so in the two-game state, I, I, didn't, I wouldn't go for Jokic at all. I would go for a Jamal Murray at 7,900. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously because I just, at that price, I feel like it's kind of safe to go for him because, because like I said, the responsibility he's going to have. So it's just much more of an easier take. Uh, of course, Bruce Brown, I think we both got, we don't really need to talk about it because mm-hmm. he's going to be able to replicate what he does, whether it's the single game, uh, showdown or the two games late. Uh, relatively similar price as well. And then, uh, same thing for me in the Lakers was, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Obviously, I do have Austin Reeves here at 5,900. Mm-hmm. He's a bit more ex- uh, expensive compared to some other guards you're looking at, like in Miami and Denver side of things, if you're looking at that. But uh, Austin Reeves, like you said, right, he has a lot more responsibility. He's been able to score. He's been able to get a few assists and rebounds. And uh, he's also been a pretty solid defender, right? So uh, he's kind of a whole package that they kind of need to play, cause especially because I don't think they have a lot of players who can really replicate what he does for the team, mm-hmm. which is surprising to say because he is a second-year player, which is obviously I don't want to go into this Lakers bias and stuff, but <laughs> Lakers, Lakers fans are on point. He has just played some pretty uh, solid basketball, yeah. so shout-out to him. Uh, but I also have AD here at 10,200. Now, obviously, I, I was looking at Jokic and try to see, but the thing about Jokic is he's, he's always the most expensive player on the slate, and I, I found a way to fit another, uh, high-end player with AD. So, uh, I also, I like AD especially because, because there's no one who can guard Jokic, and if there is a player who's close to being at that level, it's probably been AD, right? And anybody in the league, because AD, against Memphis, against Golden State, he's provided that defensive impact. And uh, I just don't see, who is it, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, being able to come on and play that center role. So I think Dogenham is definitely going to have to play center at like uh, 40 minutes minimum per game. And even then, it's going to be tough. But like I said, the offense is what, pick and rolls, pick and pops. And without AD involved in that, it's going to be much of a struggle to really contain Jokic. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting, and we'll. I mean, you don't want to read too much into kind of the regular season when you're looking into this, but Jokic absolutely dominated this matchup kind of throughout that time, regardless. So we'll have to see how much of that uh, carries over into the series and what kind of adjustments the Lakers are able to make. But I, I do expect Jokic to be amazing in this series, and uh, I know you mentioned that uh, you'll be taking more of Jamal than Jokic, just kind of price tag wise. I agree, but to me. The hedge factor of this is when we talk about the Miami Boston games that are coming up, there's just so many of those guards that are in that kind of 5,000 range that I do really like to take in terms of how they've been playing and how important they're going to be to those, uh, to those respective teams. So I'm almost willing to spend a little bit more on the guys within this Denver LA series, which not only is going to be consistently the higher scoring one of the two, but <clears throat> is also going to have kind of the stars that are I want to say more of a focal point as far as the offense itself is concerned versus uh, some of these uh, Miami Boston ones where, you know, they almost beat you a little bit by committee while you obviously have your star doing his thing, but they're not necessarily required to absolutely take over a game night in, night out. They, they have enough uh, tools to be able to go ahead and uh, get in, in that. So it's kind of my thought process going into this game. And, you know, talking about the Miami Boston one, we'll <clears throat> jump into that, which, not only is a two ten and a half total, so definitely a more defensively minded series that we're going to get there. But Boston at home, favored to win by eight. So you know Vegas is thinking this is going to be a less close game than the first one. It's going to be a 
you know, less high scoring game and series than what we're going to be seeing from there. So, you know, as far as Miami, Boston are concerned, who are you looking at here? You know, everyone's good to go as far as, you know, injuries are concerned outside of obviously the ones we've already talked about, the Tyler Hero, Oladipo, they're just gone. But the rest of the rotation has been pretty well set over here and, uh, you know, should be a pretty interesting series. But who are you kind of targeting between these matchups? This is going to be a really interesting uh, series, probably one of those series where you're going to see a lot of, uh, I guess, like a chess match, right? You're going to see one play made by one team and another. So I think the struggle with this late has definitely been the fact these are both game ones, right? So we're kind of uh, basically making that implementation that what we think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from the Miami side of things, I, I'm not going for Jimmy Butler yet because it is going to be interesting for him later on in the series. Uh, but I'm going to go for their similar players in that like lower budget tier that I really like, which is, of course, Lowry at 5300. You mentioned he's having a resurgence. Uh, he's been able to have a few like great games. Nothing too crazy, but like 11 points, 9 assists against the next uh, closeout game. Uh, and at 5300, he's still in that price range. So you Obviously, he's not as consistent as he was in past years. But if he has one of those games, you're exceedingly getting more than what you're paying for, which is incredible. And then uh, I also got Caleb Martin at 4,000 because uh, they usually start Kevin Love at the four, but I don't know how long he's going to survive against this Boston team who shoots a lot of threes. Uh, so maybe you might see a lot more Caleb Martin at 4,000 to guard uh, a Jason Tatum with Jimmy Butler or just to play the four spot because you want to play a bit more quick and in transition because of how quick this boss's offense is. And the last day I got uh, one of those uh, those uh, high upside picks, which is uh, Duncan Robson at 3,500, uh, just because in a game where there's un- like I don't know how it's gonna go, but I think Duncan Robinson at 3,500, if he can get us a couple threes in, Eric Swoss is definitely gonna play him a lot more minutes, and that's where like you you just get his value. So of course he has there's a chance he's gonna have a bad game, and if he does, you're only losing at 3,500. And uh, another reason why I'm not spending too high is because on the Boston side of things, uh, I'm able to go for Tatum at 10,100. And uh, the reason I'm going for this route because uh, I, I, like I said, I mentioned uh, for going for 80 and Tatum because I feel like I can fit a slate to get these two guys with the mm-hmm. lower end guys of Miami and uh, some lower end guys of the Lakers. Uh, but Tatum at 10,100, I'm going off this pick because of the momentum and just the difference he has when he plays on the uh, in TD Garden. Not on the road. Uh, I, I was looking at the stats, and then whenever he plays at home, he averages around 29 to 30 points per game on, like, 45% for the field and 40% for three. And then when he's on the road, it's insanely worse, which is, like, 26 points per game, but 40% and then 30% for three. So uh, just based off the fact he's home, he's coming off amazing back-to-back games. Uh, actually, three games, because in game five, he did struggle a bit uh, efficiently, but he had 36 points. And, of course, with Game 7, you know, the whole story of 51 points. So, uh, I, obviously, this is going to be a gritty game, but I think with the momentum that Boston have and the confidence they probably have, I think Tatum's going to have another great game. And then also got Robert Williams at 3,700, who they started the past two games, and he's been able to hit over 20 DK points, uh, obviously, Game 1. So, perhaps he gets cut from that starting lineup to try something else. But in the scenario he plays and he gets a few rebounds, a few points, I think you're going to get more, uh, more than what you're paying for. Yeah, no, I, I like that uh, line of thinking, especially uh, on the Robert Williams side where I feel like they're going to want that uh, mobile big to be able to be out there, especially to kind of hang with Bam as much as possible. And really, we we know everything Robert Williams can do. His entire question was health, and he's clearly looking 
a lot healthier now than he was uh, earlier on in the season. So for Boston, that's absolutely a huge, huge bonus for them. And I expect that he's going to continue to uh, get those opportunities to be able to play regularly. So he's definitely one of my kind of more liked centers, uh, especially from the price tag perspective and for all the upside that he offers. So I'll be there. And just going back to what I was talking about with that kind of 5,000 range as far as these guards are concerned, both uh, both Lowry and Marcus Smart are pretty much the not only the exact same type of player, but they're at the exact same price tag as well, pretty much, I mean, 53 to 5,400. And I think both of them are going to be guys that, just as Lowry has seen his minutes ramp up as the playoffs have gone on, Marcus Smart is pretty much stuck at anywhere between 39 to 42 minutes on a regular basis just because of how important he is to everything Boston does defensively. So regardless of whether his shot is going or not, which it clearly hasn't for say, half the series as it was in Philly, well, when it does go, all of a sudden that opens up so much upside because he ends up somewhere in the high 30s to low 40s. But his floor is just so safe for where he is, and his minutes have been more secure than someone like a Malcolm Brogdon, who I you know, offensively and from a perspective, if he got the usage, definitely has the greater upside and is the far better offensive player. But his usage has taken a bit of a cut, and he's also very much playing as just like a pure scorer. He's not really getting the opportunity to be like a ball handler, uh, get um, get a lot of kind of offense going because they're running a lot more of that through Tatum when he's on the floor. Or they actually will get smart to initiate a good bit of that offense instead, and Brogdon is kind of the beneficiary of the, the handoff or whatever play gets uh, gets run as a result. So he doesn't really get the ancillary stats that we've uh, that we've been looking to get consistently you know, for him to be uh, at a point where I feel as excited about his uh, upside, even though 5000 is not a bad price tag for him at all. But where I am interested to see and where I think you know, Boston is actually going to start to go back a little bit more is Derek White, who we saw in the last series, not get that kind of opportunity because Philly was a little bit bigger at the guard position and a little bit faster as well between Maxi Harden and um, even when they were running uh, some of their some of their backups out there in uh, DeAnthony Melton and all, they were able to kind of neutralize a little bit of what makes Derek White kind of sneaky good. He's not necessarily the fastest around, but he's very defensively sound and he can get you kind of blocks when you're not looking. He's just is able to get in there. So I expect that in this being a slower paced series. Then what we had in the previous one there, we are going to get a little bit more of, uh, of Derek White uh, getting involved over here. And I do think his price tag at 4700 is going to be sneaky good. So he's uh, he's one who's very you know, strongly on my radar, and I expect that I'll have a decent amount of exposure with him because I don't think he'll be all that owned given uh, the fact that uh, he obviously had a, a down series there. So looking forward to him having a comeback. While on the Miami side, I think you pretty much hit all, all, all the key guys that I was – uh, targeting on there from a value perspective. You spoke about Duncan Robinson, spoke about Kyle Lowry. I am interested to see how uh, Gabe Vincent's minutes look because at 4500 I like his price tag as well. We obviously have seen the offensive upside he has when he can get his shot going as well. And, I mean, he had three straight games for the first two games of New York and then the last game of Milwaukee where he had 12 three-point attempts back-to-back-to-back to back to back in all of those. And it, it kind of dropped off a little bit after that as – Miami started to make a couple of adjustments and it became more of a grind-out series. But I do think that Gabe Vincent is going to continue to be probably the most important three-point shooter for them in that starting lineup, given uh, how the rest of the uh, lineup that they're going to be running at that point is a little bit more kind of paint-oriented, want to attack and slash the basket. 
he's going to be the beneficiary of that. So if he can get hot early, he's in a pretty good matchup here to be able to go ahead and take advantage of that. So 4500 uh, continues to be a good price tag there. And I'm going to be one who fades Jimmy, at least for now, see how it goes. And uh, <laughs> and if he kicks me in the nuts for the first game, I'm okay with it. I'll go ahead and uh, figure it out because Jimmy is always going to do Jimmy things. I just think there's a lot more upside uh, coming in with some of these other uh, studs that we've talked about so far. But that does bring us to the end of uh, two games here. Obviously, we have the showdown. We have the two-game slate itself. Lots of ways to be able to continue targeting DFS leading into the tail end of what has been a pretty, pretty exciting playoff so far. And hopefully the end can uh, be just the perfect climax we've been waiting for. Hopefully with the Jokic winning, but that's a whole different thing. But <laughs> leading right into the final thing of the night, which is our Thrive Fantasy, of course, the player props. These ones are focused on purely the uh, Tuesday game, so the Denver and Lakers one. And I've got uh, I've got two that I'm interested in over here, but Ramiz, I'll let you get started with uh, what you think is looking good to you as far as the Thrive Fantasy props are concerned. Uh, so I got three. I'll go with one safe one first, which is uh, Jamal Murray over nine and a half total rebounds and assists for 85 points. Uh, hopefully he plays around 40 minutes. Uh, ball handling duties, be able to uh, cooperate. Uh, get some buckets to MPJ, to uh, Bruce Brown, get some easy assists to, from Jokic. So I feel like that should be a safe pick. Yeah, that's fair. I, I like that one as well. Uh, the first one that I'll go with uh, is I feel relatively safe as well, just given the pace of the series, and that's LeBron just being over 25.5 points on this game over here. I expect that he's going to continue to uh, be his more aggressive self as he showed kind of in the second half of that uh, Golden State series leading into the uh, the closeout game over there. You know, 25 is kind of the like middle point of where he's been for the vast majority of these playoffs, but I expect that uh, this is going to be a more offensively-minded series, and 25.5 points for him to go above that for 95. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, the second pick I'm going to go with is Austin Reeves over 4.5 total rebounds mm-hmm. for 110 points. Uh, obviously, this is a much more different pick because Austin Reeves has a re- rebounding guard, but he is a pretty solid rebounder when it comes to it. So he's been able to get you five, six rebounds occasionally. Uh, and a game where I don't, I mean, hopefully Austin Reeves plays a, a, a huge amount of minutes as well. Uh, this is obviously a, it is a risky pick, but I think it is doable by Austin Reeves. Yeah, I was looking at that too. I mean, 110 points is pretty juicy for him if he can kind of get some of those long rebounds. I expect threes are going to play a much bigger part in uh, in this series from both sides because we saw obviously Golden State's going to do Golden State things, but I believe that the Lakers themselves are going to need to shoot a little bit more from the outside to uh, to balance out what we've been getting on the inside here. So, yeah, let's see what Austin Reeves does. But as far as the second one's concerned, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the big guy, 105 points. 51.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Got to stay on brand on this. Obviously, it's going to require Jokic to have a big night, but <clears throat> not wanting to read you know, overly into the uh, regular season series, but considering what his splits were in that one, where he pretty much averaged a triple-double night in, night out against the Lakers, uh, about 24 points, about 12 rebounds and 10 assists, it just gives him a very safe floor to be able to do that, and I expect that his assist total is going to be quite high in this series. There's going to be a lot of possessions here. I expect that we're going to get Jokic getting his own at which point, but someone's going to come to help out AD to put a little bit more pressure on Jokic, so I expect that he's going to be racking up quite a few of those assists to go alongside it as long as, uh, as, long as the uh, help can go ahead and hit those open shots that they'll get. So 
It's not necessarily the most smash pick. Uh, 51 and a half is a big night required from Jokic, but I have faith that he has the capability to be able to do it and will do it starting from game one. Uh, and my last pick is the same one as yours, which is over uh, 51 and a half total points, rebounds, and assists, 405. Right. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, his floor is insane, so hopefully he can just play. Uh, hopefully Mike Malone just plays him a lot of minutes and is, is able to get that quick, especially at a home game. True. Absolutely. Well, let's see exactly what that plays out. Tomorrow, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, this tips off, and we get started with the Eastern Conference Finals. That does bring us to the end of this all. Talk to me about what you guys have been thinking as far as the playoffs are concerned. You can go ahead and catch me on Twitter at HK underscore Devil. Definitely talk about how your DFS has gone, what you've been thinking about the matchups, and what the rest of these playoffs are going to look like. So keep an eye out for that. Where can the people find you, as always, Reese? They can find me on Twitter at two nice. That would be spelled T O zero uh, underscore nice underscore. All right. Well, we'll see if you're able to underscore a couple of victories over here. But <laughs> let's see what these conference finals do look like. But until then, we'll catch you on the next one. Let's go out there and take down some of these conference final GPPs. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.